0: Today we are going to answer your questions from golf swing tips to all things Myrtle Beach, a really informative podcast covering awesome topics. You don't want to miss this. Hey everyone, welcome to the Gimme Golf Podcast. I'm Meredith Kirk, your host, and joining me today is our marketing manager and producer, Nate DeWitt. Good morning, Nate.
1: Hey, good morning, Meredith.
0: So this morning you said we are going to go through our mailbag, what's that?
1: We had quite a lot of responses to the article piece that you did, the Q&A with Meredith Kirk. So we decided to kind of take it a step further and maybe it's a little easier to answer them via
0: podcast. That's a great idea. Yeah. Well, this will be fun. I noticed you have a very long list of questions. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. You had quite a lot. We did. We had a good response. Yeah.
1: We picked out a few. That I think um, most of our viewers would be interested in. So, all right, um, would you like to start off with some of the golf swing questions, or the more what do you what are you feeling? Hmm. How
0: are you feeling? Maybe let's start off with the golf swing questions. Okay. We can do. I'm that. all game. I got my water ready. Cool. All right.
1: All right. Let's do it. So, being an LPGA instructor, obviously you have a lot of students. Um, you have a lot of repeat students. And obviously, a lot of new students too, mm-hmm. probably. Right? What are the most common swing flaws you observe while teaching?
0: Mm. Um, definitely, swingers that swing too fast. They're trying to kill the ball, and when they do that, oftentimes it can cause you know a steep angle of attack, outside-in path. You know, they're just not hitting the segments of the golf swing that are necessary to have solid impact. So I think, first and foremost, slowing down. Better to slow down, find a good rhythm and tempo, and then, down the road, generate more speed. I would, I'm all about creating consistency first, distance later. I wanna make sure that the ball dispersion is nice and tight, that you have good groupings, you know, just some consistency. So it's really just getting a student out there saying, all right, you know, grab, grab a pitching wedge, You know, let's go for uh, a certain target. And, you know, I like to see how many balls they can get close to the target. And if they're spraying everywhere, then usually they're swinging too fast, they don't have a pre-shot routine. But it, you know what, Nate? It all comes down to golf fundamentals. You wanna, you know, keep it simple. Have, you know, a good grip, a good stance, nice athletic position, and swinging slow. Just those basic things, starting out with that, before you even work into really complex issues of the swing, which I like to avoid. I like to keep things so simple fundamentally that I don't have to tell my students exactly what I'm doing with their swing. I'll just say, I want you to try this. I want you to feel this, you know. So is it
1: a matter of, and this is always the tough part about being a teacher, if you're working on something but the student may not see instant results right then and there, they judge it as a successful or not successful lesson, but you see things that they're fixing, and then they can get back to those shots. That okay, you're working on your tempo today. We're going to try to get you in a nice consistent tempo. Mm-hmm. You may not see the results right now right. or in within these next six or seven golf balls you hit, right? But you will. Yes. What's the variation of people that they want to see the instant results? Right. It's like they want they want you to say the magic word, and then all of a sudden, bam! That I'm hitting my you know, seven iron up uh, one hundred and fifty yeah. yards. Most you people run into that.
0: Oh yeah. Most people are like that and I always say it's two steps forward, one step back. But the thing is this, when you're creating a new motion, you have to build that muscle memory. Exactly. So it's like <clears throat> it's like going to the gym and you have to start out with, you know, three, five pound weights, get used to that and build up to the to the eight pounds and the ten pound weights. You know, it's the same it's the same principle. I mean so many people want to go like with golf and just pick up the fifteen pounds and yeah, yeah, here I go. But I always tell my students, you know, it takes about three weeks to build new muscle memory. So it's a three, I, I say at a minimum, it's a three-week commitment with homework at home, motioning out. You know, studies are showing that slow motion repetition is just as good as going out to a range and just hitting ball after ball. Gotcha. So what I do is I incorporate uh, golf homework, swing work, that they can do at home without even hitting a golf ball.
1: So, so how many of those students actually do that? I'm just curious. No, it's a good question.
0: I would say <laughs> um about half in the beginning. Yeah. And then as the lessons progress, like if we get to a third lesson, it usually oh I forgot to gotcha. you know, it's always that that slacking off. It's just like you know, it's just like the gym and New Year's resolutions, you exactly. know. It's it's easy to fall off. But the key is building muscle memory, keeping it simple, sticking to the fundamentals, and it's amazing how you can progress. But one thing that I do for my students is I do video analysis, and I hate using the word analysis because then it sounds like all technical, all in your head, and I'm actually right-brained. And so you can actually accurate. show
1: them and say, you didn't work on this, or you didn't,
0: Yeah, well, what, what I do is I, I actually take a pre- video before the lesson Mm -hmm. so I watch them hit I haven't I know what I want to work with them on but what I do is I always confirm it with a video it's a way that I double-check myself as an instructor as well because I can see everything on video so you know I can look at them and say okay I, I know that they're doing X Y and Z and I'm gonna take this path but I'm gonna confirm it, I do a video, and then what I do on the video is I show them right there on the range, their video, before we get into the lesson. I'll say, so these are some of the issues that I'm seeing in your swing, but I always follow up with really positive things too. Everybody's usually always doing some good, some good things in their swing. So usually I start out saying, you know, this looks really good, I love how you set up to the ball, I love your spine angle, or you have a great athletic position, that's great, we're gonna need that for what we're working on. You know, I I try to stay positive, and then I'll say, you know, the major issue that I'm seeing right now is this, and I'll draw the lines, and so let's say they're casting, or. Um, let's say which is
1: the most probably the most common yeah, it's problem is very, coming over the top right? Oh absolutely Chasing yeah away. coming over the top mm-hmm.
0: definitely. I mean I'm more often getting people to flatten out to create lag than I am getting them more upright getting that glove mm-hmm. going out that's more rare so absolutely it's that's a common swing flaw. Um, so usually I'll show them take a couple pictures and then get into the lesson. So I always try to leave a student with some hope, like a before and after. (laughs) You have hope. Yeah, so at the end of the lesson, I'll do another video or snapshot of a certain, you know, um, whether it's them taking the club back, working on takeaway, or maybe it's impact or something like that, but I'll say here's your before Here's your after. We're moving in the right direction. Now this is your homework. The homework is always going to incorporate building muscle memory, doing drills, getting used to it but keeping it simple. So yes, getting back to your question, it's always you know, it's it's two steps forward but it's one step back at times when you're when you're making swing corrections.
1: So I like that word hope. It's like buying a lottery ticket. You may not win, but you got hope, There's, right? You got You're it. Have you
0: hope. always have to have hope, no yeah. matter what. You have to have hope.
1: And, and here's a basic question, because I see it all the time when people go to the range. What club should people practice with? Like, should you go to the? You see people mm-hmm. going to the range first club they dig out driver.
0: No, oh, no, that's the last thing you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. So
1: what kind of what? club do you say? Short is clubs. Is iron, eight iron? Yep. Is that kind of? I,
0: I think a seven iron is fine. I mean, I, I prefer, uh, students warm up with wedges and then work themselves to the longer irons, hybrids, and then driver. I mean, it actually, studies have shown it prevents injury and that's the goal. We, yep. we want to prevent injury no matter the age, um, you know, your body sh- swinging with a shorter club. It's going to be a little bit easier and work yourself out.
1: So ideally after that first lesson, it would probably be beneficial for the golfer just to take a seven iron and go to the range. Don't even take the don't even take the bag, right? Just right. say, Okay, I am just gonna work on Absolutely. this and this and uh-huh. I'm gonna work it on with this club. I'm not worrying about ball position, mm-hmm. I'm just worried about what Meredith told me in the last lesson right. as far as
0: exactly Establishing
1: a tempo and that kind of thing.
0: Right. And I kinda came up with a method of instruction and I, I actually just made this up many years ago. I call it elimination golf. So we wanna eliminate Things about our swing or how we approach golf that we don't need at the time because sometimes you have to reintroduce things. And what I mean by elimination golf is when I'm working with a student that let's say they have a 20 handicap, I always say, what is your goal? You got to have goals. You're always working towards something. So they might say, okay, a long term goal is I would love to be, you know, a 10 handicap. I would." I would love to, you know, or love to break ninety consistently or I'd love to break a hundred consistently, whatever those goals are. I my job as an instructor is to not only make, you know, corrections in their swing, but help them approach golf management on the course. How do they approach their game? So you're talking about clubs. I take clubs out of the bag. I'm a big believer is if you're making swing changes, you only need to be working with six to eight clubs eight clubs maximum you don't need more than eight clubs because if you're not swinging well why are you going to introduce more problems with 14 you just don't need them so I have some students that I've used this method less than six I've gone down to four clubs with some students saying okay this is this is our goal you have four clubs obviously one of those is going to be a putter okay Mm -hmm. Um, you have four clubs I want you to go play nine holes with four clubs and I want you to tell me what your score is. That's really Often, Oftentimes, students will take all their clubs out there. Everything's a mess. I can't hit this. I can't hit that. But when they take four clubs, oftentimes, actually, I would say much more than none, students come back to me and said, I have one of the lowest rounds playing only four. Clubs. Wow, that's amazing! And I said, "That's now that's what we do." And so they end what up I being I do, their
1: four favorite clubs too. Yes, actually, and that's what we do. And so
0: as lessons progress, we only we only start with the four clubs, and we get confident with the four clubs, and then, you know what? Let's add a club. You know, I really think it's time. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going through a hypothetical here with a student. I really think it's time that we add. Let's go for a three hybrid. Let's get a little bit more challenging with your with your club variety let's add a 3 hybrid and they're like oh so that's yeah. there's the fifth club coming in and we and you slowly add it in to where they get confident with 8 9 clubs in their bag and then their scores start coming down and then when they plateau with that then you add another club in the goal for me as an instructor is i would love everyone to experience playing golf with multiple wedges because wow. you need multiple wedges in your bag. I mean, we, the better you get at golf, the more wedges you're going to have in your bag because you are learning how to create more shots. You're learning how to use more clubs. But you always want to start with the basics. Again, I would rather someone start out with four clubs, get really good and confident to where they know when they're on the course, they can depend on these four that clubs. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and even you talk about goals. So even if it's a extremely beginner golfer, your goal in that lesson is just to get the ball airborne, right? So you're thinking, okay, let's just get some air. And that's mm-hmm. that's probably the most, and I've seen a lot of beginners, they go to the range and they don't get the ball in the air. Mm-hmm. So it's baby steps. So it's depending on where you're at. It It is. is it is, is
0: Yeah, depending on where you're at. I mean, yes, you want to get the ball airborne. And to do that, sometimes on those first lessons, I tee up every ball. So even if they have an iron, I'm still teeing up all their shots because my goal is I just want them to feel impact, that rhythm yep. of impact. And in a first lesson, obviously you gotta hit the, the number one golf fundamental. That's gonna be your grip. Your hands are the only connection to the club. That is always the first thing I look at because I have to make sure that the grip is correct. When you have a, a correct grip and you get in an athletic position and, and you learn to rotate, just swing around your body, teeing it up, that right there is a great first lesson. For someone, especially someone coming into the game who doesn't have any formal training with golf. Gotcha.
1: And if you get that good grip first, then, mm-hmm. then you haven't developed any bad habits down the road. Exactly.
0: It so. is, you've got to get um, your hand placement correct on the grip and the grip pressure following that. Okay.
1: What is the easiest golf swing change a student can make to get instant results? So I kind of look at that, too, as I'm trying to equate that to maybe somebody that's coming down here and hasn't played golf in a while and mm-hmm. they get out on that golf vacation. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe I'm not equating that right, but what's and you might have already hit on it. What is what's the easiest thing they can do to change their golf swing oh, to see so results? Easy. I, I I totally I I have no an chance. answer. I think I know what you're going to say. Maybe I'm wrong, but go
0: Developing ahead. Developing a quick pre-shot routine
1: Okay. Really? Yeah. So I, wasn't, yeah. I wouldn't have said that.
0: So the pre-shot routine, you know, we as human beings, we're actually we're creatures of nature, we're, and even and if, we're so
1: impatient, though. We
0: we are impatient, yeah. but we do, you know, we do everything out of habits. Like I'm sure you have your morning routine. I have one, and we, and and even if someone is the most laid back person, oh, I I don't do routines. Yes, you do. Even if you don't know it, if you were to go back in your day, you have a routine. We all have routines, whether we want to admit it or not. So the one thing I love about routines is you can trust the routine. So let's say you're having a bad day on the course and you're struggling out there and you're not having fun now. You're like, this is just, you know, I'm not playing well. I'm unhappy. You get irritable and grumpy and you're like, I just need to go practice. I need a golf lesson. You know, when you have all these negative thoughts flooding you, that's when the pre-shot routine becomes somewhat of a safety net. So in the pre-shot routine, I teach a really easy one, and I'm not going to get, you know, too technical with this um, on a podcast. But basically, number one, you know, you pick out a target, you step away, you step behind the ball. That's when you do your practice swing. That's when you look at your target and you really connect with it. Okay, like that is my goal. I am going for that, uh, the 150 yard marker. Okay, that is my goal. That's where I'm going. Number one. Number two is when you step behind the ball, and at that point, when you step behind the ball. That's a time to set up your alignment. You know, get comfortable in the athletic position. Check your feet alignment, your hip alignment, and your shoulder alignment. Okay, those, those three things, that's important. That takes five seconds. Boom, boom, boom. Three areas you're checking. You want to make sure that you are aligned to your intended target, right? Then at that, that point, it's just getting in an athletic position, a good spine angle, Backside out your butt needs to be out, you know good spine angle because that's how you rotate the golf swing is a rotation around the spine So you got to have the the backside the hips push back Athletic position and then all you're doing is rotating around Hold your finish notice. I just said that hold your finish. I tell my students the finished position you need to hold that position until the ball drops on the ground. Why is that? Well, that sounds that sounds crazy. No, it's not. Because it's the period at the end of the sentence of the golf swing. That, that, there is a start and there's a finish in a pre-shot routine. The start is when you step behind, you find your intended target. Your finish is when you're holding your finished position, watching that ball hit the ground, then you can step out. That right there is really like five steps. It takes what I just told you. Takes about uh, twelve to fifteen seconds. Okay? Yeah, not a lot long. It it doesn't take that long. It does not take forty five seconds. Um, you can move through that really quickly. But this is this is the key with the pre shot routine. Going back to when you're crumbling out on the golf course. Yeah,
1: because you just want to get it over with. You want to get like, it, it over with. I just want to get this round done and then... So
0: you then what you do is you shift your thinking to I'm not going to trust myself to hit this ball because I'm obviously doing a very poor job. But what can I trust? I can trust my pre-shot routine. Gotcha. So then it's, it's a way to get out of your mind. It's a way to get out of your head. So when you're out there saying, all right, I'm done. I, I Meredith, am done with the swing because I'm just playing so terribly. I'm really going to focus on my pre-shot routine. And I'm just going to trust that if I do my pre-shot routine, I'll have somewhat of a decent shot. So
1: initially, if you're a beginning golfer for a pre-shot routine, you're kind of you kind of want to visualize the end result, right? Versus where if you're more of, a, of an advanced golfer, maybe your pre-shot routine revolves around a swing flaw that you have Absolutely. that you're trying to okay, oh yes. trying to take the club more on the inside. Absolutely. Um, I think of you know. I don't know why I think about this, but I think of Corey Pavin, who always would put his left hand in his club, his Mm -hmm. club he's going to hit out, and then he would rotate Mm -hmm. around on the inside. He swung very flat. I remember that, yeah. I guess it just depends on where you're at. Mm -hmm. Um, But to visualize the end result probably is the best thing for, you'd say, for the beginner beginner golfer, say, I'm going to hit it. That's my target line. Yeah, right? yeah. So, and,
0: and, you know, that's, my, that's target. my target. And if you go through the pre-shot routine, again, it goes back to that concept of elimination golf. We want to eliminate as many problems as we can pre-motion. Yeah. So if you go and you get set up and you're you're in an athletic position, and, and you know you just have to swing back and rotate around your body, just keeping it down, That is that's the ultimate basics right there. Just thinking about that alone, you're going to get some positive results. Yeah, I was going to
1: say it's positive reinforcement, right? Right. If you haven't been having that bad day. Right, so, yeah.
0: and I mean, and I've had students who are um, some tour players, some trying to qualify, and I'm not going to say their names. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to more advanced players, obviously the pre-shot routine is going to change, like you said. It Pre-shot routines can be modified based on what you're working on but it's really easy to implement, just a super simple pre-shot routine to help the beginner golfer or the average golfer. And again, it can be modified. So when I'm working with students um, from beginner to advance these elite golfers, I'm always modifying pre-shot routines. I could, and one lesson I can say, all right, for our five steps, pre-motion, we're working on this. When they meet their goals, then it can, Then I can say, okay, now that we've met this goal, we can take one of these steps out and substitute something else as we are progressing in the swing. If that makes sense.
1: Actually, it does, and I, I was not going to say easiest golf swing change would be pre-shot routine. That's I learned something that's pretty cool. So that's it's
0: pr- it's a safety yeah, yeah. net. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you know, and the thing about it is too, the pre-shot routine. You say target you need to do that on the range, too, because it's so easy to go to the range and just hit, yeah. hit, hit out yes. into the field and not, i call it a field, but it's mm-hmm. like, that's basically what the range is. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it as just one gigantic field and I'm just hitting balls. Right. Getting an airborne, want solid contact, but to have that target on the range, too, and take that to
0: the golf course. Absolutely. Yeah. And have you ever been to the range and you've seen um, golfers using the alignment sticks? Yes. Okay, so yep. that's actually a great tool to use when you're practicing on the range while you're trying to implement a, a pre-shot routine because what you can do is go ahead and set your alignments, alignment sticks up to your intended target. So uh, let's say you're working on pitching wedge and you're gonna hit about 10 or 15 balls with your wedge before you progress to another club. When you set those alignment sticks up that actually eliminates a couple of the steps of the pre-shot routine so it doesn't take as long, Okay, if that makes sense. So when you're practicing on the range, you don't necessarily each time have to stand back, look at your target. No, you just, you set up those alignment sticks, you know your intended target, and then you just go and try to repeat that shot and keep that ball dispersion on that target or close to it as possible, that's the goal. Good
1: information on the golf swing there. So, and obviously if you're out there and wanna, if you're in Myrtle Beach or on vacation you can reach out to Meredith as well for a golf lesson yeah. so I'm at
0: Myrtlewood um, golf club now cool
1: right in the center of Myrtle Beach so good opportunity if, if you've got time so let's we'll get away from maybe a little bit of the teaching we did get some questions on some area things to do mm-hmm. which and I know the answers to some of these things you're gonna say <laughs> This one's easy. What are your favorite golf courses to play and why? And um, I know which one's <laughs> going to be at the top, so, but, um, it, you know, I know that's a tough question, though, because, I mean, we're so fortunate to have
0: so many good golf courses here. We're spoiled, Nate. Yeah. Yeah. We are so spoiled here in Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Of course you know it's going to be Polly's Plantation Golf and Country Club.
1: I did know that. See, I didn't have the, the swing change right, but I had that one right. Mm-hmm.
0: So. so I love that course, it's a Nicholas design, it's very challenging, a lot of fun. But the one thing I love about it the most, it's gorgeous! Yeah. I mean, it is that southern, low country feel. Many of the holes are out on the marsh. You could smell the ocean. You can actually hear the ocean. Um, to me, you're not gonna find a golf course prettier. We've had a lot of foundation.
1: cool experiences there too, so was it, how many years ago we were there for the Eclipse?
0: <laughs> the we were there that for was the 2017.
1: eclipse.
0: August of twenty seventeen. Yeah, it was a few years ago. And,
1: time, and then the next year we were there with Jack Nicholas was there. That was amazing. So it's just been a lot of
0: good memories. Yeah, good memories there. Yeah, yeah a it's, lot it's of good so memories.
1: scenic. Um, you know, we had um, Hank Haney was there, uh, mm-hmm. filmed the first um, episode of Riding with Reimer. So, um, and it's just like you say. And it seems like it's, this this may sound strange, but it's different every time you play it too, right?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And... It depends on the can you know the conditions. You're so close to the ocean, you get a lot of wind at times, um, and then sometimes you don't. Um, last time we were out there, remember, there was no wind, and I was like, "This is strange." And then there. we were there
1: one time for Facebook Live with uh, Brian Lewis, a professional, and remember, we played 17. Oh the wind? yes, and that was in the morning. It's like, oh, I don't know if we should do this or not. This is really
0: yeah. Yeah, you. So when
1: you couldn't hear you talking,
0: yeah, that's on, right. On I a remember microphone, that. So. Oh, it was such a great course, and it's always in great shape. Uh, the greens are pretty fast there. I love that. So yeah. uh, it's really consistent greens. Um, they do a great job. The staff is great. It's just, it, it's the overall, like when you're driving there into the club, it's, I always just feel peaceful. I just love that low country feel. It's, there's a connection to that. The wildlife, the alligators and all of that. So there's some big alligators out there. There's an there's an alligator out on the the front. Yeah. The front nine? I mean, it was a it's a mama alligator. I, I think, think she they had travel like, everywhere out there though. Yeah, I think she had babies like two years ago. Yeah, just be careful on one of the holes. But um it, do not feed the alligators. No yeah. snicker bars to the alligators. Those are big enough out there.
1: Yeah, so it's um you know, and I I would you know, um and I know you think we kind of think alike on some things, but I mean Wilbrook's the same way. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and it, you
0: were were you sorry. the head golf professional at Wilbrook? Yeah, I
1: was. I was at the head golf professional at Wilbrook and River Club. And when I was done with work, that's where I gravitated to play. Because mm-hmm. I'd want to go out and play nine holes, I'd go to Wilbrook. Right. That's where I so, Oh, that's but, a beautiful yeah. course.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah. again, you have those live oaks and the moss and the wildlife. And there's just a peacefulness about it. You can't really describe until you actually go out and play. Yeah.
1: And, and so what I found, too, though, is when you, I don't know, and you don't play a golf course for a while, and then you go out and play, it's like, man, I think this is my new favorite golf course.
0: It you, is you forget, like, it's like You forget. You forget about yeah. it. Yeah, that's so true. You do forget how yeah, good it right. is.
1: So um, so getting off golf courses, what are your favorite things to do in the area?
0: Hmm.
1: So,
0: I'm more of a naturist. I, I, I was lo- going <laughs> to say, now
1: I'm more of a homebody, because <laughs> we kind of morph into that, right? <laughs> it's like... Young and when we were young, it's like, ah, I go here, I go here, yes. I go here. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah, like when
0: I was uh, yeah. a Coastal Carolina student, yeah. uh, I loved Broadway and, and the nightlife and, and all of that. But now I'm, I've become... Um,
1: <laughs> I go to the library. In my <laughs> older,
0: young age. <laughs> <laughs> I love nature. I love the beach. Huntington State Park, you'll find me down there in the summer. That's that's where I'll go to the beach and go swimming and stuff. Um Brookgreen Gardens. You can't beat that. And they have a restaurant at Brookgreen Gardens. Have you eaten there? I have not. It's so good. They have, um, I think on Fridays, they have fish. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe they've changed their menu. But I know for a few years they had like fish on Friday and it's like local fish and it's reasonably priced so you could go down there and walk around and just have some quiet time and eat and it's just beautiful so I you know I love the low country I love the south end because you get a lot of uh, nature and that wildlife you know when you come into Myrtle Beach it is more um, you get more of that metropolitan mm-hmm. feel um you know obviously there's more restaurants there's more things to do when it comes to activities outside of nature and myrtle beach minus the beach obviously yeah. and the piers and stuff um but kayaking that's a lot of fun and even georgetown you know we don't talk about georgetown a lot no, it's on it's our a good podcast, day trip or, georgetown really yeah. is a great day great uh, day to can I even talk? Day, <laughs> Day trip. trip yeah. I need another cup of coffee, um, but it's beautiful down there.
1: Yeah, and it's funny how we how we morph. You know, you start off when you're a little bit younger. It's it's more like a, the nightclub scene. <laughs> it in is. A, in a, you know, a few drinks and then as we get older it's like the more healthy stuff. It's like I gotta start taking care of myself from of the things I did back when I was Right as a kid. But
0: Yeah, now we talk about going to the gym. Yeah, the gym.
1: It's like I gotta work on this and, and drinking
0: and, protein shakes. Yeah, exactly.
1: So <laughs> we've done like a it's like a complete one eighty of what have. we were. But <clears throat> what I've noticed about Myrtle Beach is that it has they have done a very nice job of and I won't I hate to say cleaning it up, but it's New, it seems it's got that new feeling to it. Yes. When you go down now to Ocean Boulevard, you've got the boardwalk, mm-hmm. you've got nice attractions, you've got the Wheel. you've got <clears throat> all those restaurants have been remodeled. You go to Broadway at the beach, it's all brand new for the most part. Right. You go out there it's like And Mari. they're
0: doing huge yeah. renovations out there. Like just yesterday I was at Broadway at the beach. This week, Liberty is closing down.
1: Yeah, and I, I was amazed to see that. Yeah. Uh, they
0: still have the tap room
1: that's up mm-hmm. on, but that was that's been open for twenty five years.
0: Yeah, Liberty and then um, Key West Grill. They're and they're putting more restaurants out there, so they're they're making upgrades. Yeah, and it's growing. Yeah. And then you
1: got which we don't get up too too much, but then you've got um, Barefoot Landing. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. My family the town will go up, but
0: I mean it's Lulu's. just
1: yep. We we were up there. Uh, we were up there a couple years ago when it opened. Time right? Time is flying. Time flies by. Okay,
0: don't even tell me that. Cause yeah. It feels like yesterday.
1: <laughs> so actually, it seems to me like Myrtle Beach is now. It's more modern. It's. It really it's is evolving with the time. Mm-hmm. They're just not saying, okay, here it is. Mm-hmm. It's continually, it's continually getting better.
0: It is, and even um, like when you're driving in Myrtle Beach, even the stoplights are modernized, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> you know, it's the little details, but it really is, and you know. Many years ago, they used to say Myrtle Beach, Redneck, Riviera. That's so not true. It's so not. I mean, um, we definitely need to do away with that stigma because Myrtle Beach is certainly not like that. And
1: um, I
0: love Myrtle Beach.
1: Yeah. And, you know, and I don't fly, but the airport is so convenient. You know, now really nice. And, Mm we have continually getting these flights. Um, I think Allegiant has just announced more f- direct flights. Oh, really? Here. And we've got a uh, piece that we'll run on Motor Beach Golf Trips. Um, Isn't it
0: like 60 direct flights? Well, we got
1: three new markets from Allegiant. Um, and you can find that article piece on Motor Beach Golf Trips. Um, looks like uh, Knoxville, Providence. Um, Knoxville, Tennessee? Must be Knoxville,
0: Tennessee. Oh, right. Um I'm a UT fan.
1: And then we've got, um, obviously, there's other direct flights that have opened up in the past, well, okay. will open up this year. So just ex- it's very accessible. Huh. And it's good
0: to know Knoxville's on there. Yeah. We went to Knoxville yep. uh, last summer. It'll,
1: the Knoxville flight will fly on Wednesdays and Saturdays beginning June 3rd. Nice. The flight will depart at 1030 and arrive at Myrtle Beach at 1130. Um, so what that's pretty cool. is
0: that? Is that that's Allegiant. Allegiant. That that's Allegiant,
1: like Allegiant. That. yep. So, and we also have a complete list of nonstop flights to Myrtle Beach that are coming on board. Right. So, and, and airlines just continue to roll these out, so it's a good thing for Myrtle Beach. And, like I said, the accessibility of the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked my mom up there not too long ago, and she hadn't flown in for years. She goes, wow. It's like, this it's, is really.
0: <laughs> it's a real and, airport. <laughs> and I'm
1: not one to to be able to judge it because I don't go there, but I hadn't been there in a while. It's like, dang, it's easy to go pick somebody up. Uh-huh. Um, then you even have, and I, I didn't even know this existed, you'd be embarrassed, but if you have to pick somebody up, there's a cell phone parking lot. Yes. <laughs>
0: I've been it's like, there, wow. Signs, yeah. is, that, is, that, is, that, is
1: that new? Is that? I don't do think airports so. airports have that? Yes, airports okay. do have
0: that. So yeah. it tells
1: you how long since I've been at
0: the
1: <laughs> airport. So I thought that was pretty cool. So you just sit there and not have to pay, and then you just, person when they're getting off, getting their bags, they can text you and say, hey, I'm here, Yeah, come pick me up.
0: Yeah, it's great. I mean, that airport, um, I've had a few people say, wow, it's really big. Like, that's a, I'm like, yeah, it's a real yep. international airport. <laughs> and it continues to change. I
1: mean, it's like they just keep making it better and better. So yeah. it's good to see more, um, more direct flights coming here. So now it- I, now that everyone thinks I live under a rock because I haven't been to the airport in a while, but... <laughs> um,
0: You know, it's fun watching planes take off. I enjoy that. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. There's actually a place you can go to the airport, and you can just sit, and you can watch the planes take off. I think there's something very, very peaceful about that. I love watching planes do that. And then also, on on the Market Commons, that's another area that's really nice. We didn't even
1: touch on that. Yeah, we didn't even touch
0: on Market Commons. But on the Market Commons side of the airport... There's areas that you can park, and you can see the planes land and everything. It's pretty cool. And there's a lot to do there, too. There's a ton to do yeah. at Market Commons. I go to Market Common all the time. All the time. Because the movie theaters are there. Um, I was just there the other day. There's some great restaurants and um, ice cream. There's a little chocolate store. They do a lot
1: of uh, <clears throat> concerts there in mm-hmm. that center park, too, right? Like they'll do they beer. Do. They'll do October fest, They do New Year's Eve. New Year's the Eve, fireworks. Yeah. Fourth
0: of July. Um, a lot of events are out there. They also have a lot of athletic events out there. Yeah, well. you see like, a lot like, of you teams. Know, you got softball fields, Five Ks, ten Ks. The boat rides. Um, that area is really nice. I would love to live in Market Common. That would be cool. Yeah. You have everything cool. you need in that just in that little area. But then mm-hmm. I would miss the south end, Nate. You but know then we tend to
1: do that where we live now. I know. That's true. Just have whatever we need within two miles, that's, right? That's true.
0: <laughs> oh, and you know that in rural's inlet, uh, Quigley's just open up right next to yeah. us. Yeah. You could you yep. could actually probably walk there.
1: Actually that's a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea. And that's really cool because uh they've got one in Pauly's that have has been great over the years. We've mm-hmm. done I know we've done a couple of events there. Um, but yeah, I mean Josh Josh does a great job, so That'll do well, and that's close to TPC Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing TPC, you can pop right across, right across the street. So, Yeah, that's
0: yeah. that would be a great place to go eat at after yep. TPC. Yep. You have Eggs Up Grill as well, so yep. right next door to the new Quigley's. So Eggs Up is a really great place if you're looking for breakfast before a round. But yeah, all there within um, a mile and a half, two miles from TPC.
1: So that kind of leads into the question, and, and I think you've answered this, but why do you like living in Myrtle Beach? I think it's just because of the options, right? There's so many things to do. So many
0: things to so do. Things to do. Yeah. Yep. So so many things to do, um, from the south end to central. Uh and I lived in North Myrtle Beach when I was in college for a I year. Didn't know that. Yeah. My grandparents lived in Arcadian shores. Wow. Yeah, so and my grandmother was sick and I helped took care of her when I was um, a freshman and sophomore in college, so I would stay the night with her a lot. She had cancer, but um, so I'm familiar with uh, North Myrtle Beach. I'm familiar with the nightlife in North yeah, Myrtle Beach. Back then,
1: you told me a story about the Purple Gator one time. Oh, I, think I remember. And oh, we've got goodness. The after deck and all that—that's yeah. up there in uh, 2001. And but
0: yeah, everybody changes, yeah. Nate. Yeah. Everybody changes. <laughs>
1: Uh, getting back to golf. <laughs> Ar- Ar- Arcadian's a really nice golf course, too. Yeah, yeah. Arcadian. Arcadian's one of my favorites. Yeah, Arcadian's so, yeah, yeah.
0: great. It was yeah. one of the first courses I played yeah. in Myrtle Beach because my grandfather was a doctor and from Charlotte, and he retired here in the Arcadian Shores. And so when I would come visit my grandparents, five, six, seven years old, that's the course that I would go to.
1: And they renovated it, um, did a lot of improvements, new clubhouse, but... Um, that's a classic. Spent a lot of time playing Arcadian Shores. And that range is always busy because you've got uh, Kingston Plantation across the street. So a lot of people use that range. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And then you got the shopping up there. You got the Tanger Outlet malls that are up there. So would, that's, a, that's a really, it's a cool, really cool area. That it's a great Arrowhead area. Road.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like so, the area on the south end that we're at. You you have everything you need within a couple miles. Yep. In a couple mile radius. So that's a nice area up there. And some great golf courses. On the north end, um, you know Long Bay, another Nicholas design. It's you know it's way on the north end, but it's worth the drive.
1: It's funny because you'll meet people that I mean, we live on the south end, and we wouldn't think of living anywhere else. Well, there's people that live on the north end that are the same way. It's like they I would, would never want anywhere, to be on the south end. Live anywhere end. else.
0: Yeah, the terrain is different yeah. on the north end. Have you noticed that? It's just it's a different vibe. Well, it's,
1: it's almost like, and I always feel this is like you would call it a staycation. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go to North Myrtle beach and spend the weekend. I'm just going to get a hotel and stay up there. It's almost like you're for us. It would be like you're out of town.
0: Right. right? Yeah. Cause it feels so foreign. It's yeah. so far away. Yeah.
1: It's like vice versa. And it's not that far. And I we know. just get into our little routines of we do. here's my radius. Mm-hmm. I stay here. Mm-hmm. Um, although you and I are out a little bit more because we travel around to golf courses mm-hmm. and, and do see the sights and try to try to, bring those to our our uh, people who are on our golf trips but yeah you kind of get in your own little world and it's like uh, it's it, it's different it, out there it is it
0: is <laughs> but you know another great thing that we have is we have coastal carolina university yep. and I go to a lot of games out there. We go to a lot of games, especially the basketball games because, you know, we're a big basketball family. But there's a lot of events taking place at Coastal Carolina, and it's really cool to have a college here in Myrtle Beach. Um, You know, we have a great baseball team. We have so many great teams. We have a great golf team. Uh, So many things to do. They have a a golf course right next to uh, CCU, the hackler course. Uh Um, which is part of uh, the Coastal
1: Carolina's program. Yep,
0: their PGM program, and they do a great job out there. So it's cool because we somewhat are a college town, too. It's not just geared toward retirees. You know, we have a lot of young people mm-hmm. in this town, a lot of young uh, families, and I think we are like in the top 10 uh, fastest growing cities in the nation. It's
1: consistently been yeah. there. Um, but yeah, you're right. The, the, <clears throat> and that's kind of cool out there. It used to be Quail Creek, and now it's uh, the Hackler Course. And you've got folks that are in the PGM program mm-hmm. at Coastal that manage it, and then you've got, I believe, the Ori Tech, from the agronomy standpoint, yes. maintain it. It's awesome. So they're getting firsthand experience of working at a golf course. So you can't beat that. No, so, you can't. So, and I serve, I'm, I know we've missed some stuff, but this is um, it's been good to get to let everyone know what Myrtle Beach is all about.
0: Exactly. Can you tell we like it? I, I don't think I could ever move away from Myrtle Beach. So yeah, you just knocked because I like it so much. It's just you, definitely you, home.
1: You definitely knocked out. Why do you like living in Myrtle Beach? Mm-hmm. So and yeah, it's exactly the
0: golf capital of, of the
1: world. world. I mean, exactly. seriously,
0: we have almost a hundred golf courses. And then we didn't even talk about the beach. I know we didn't Park. even talk about the beach. So you How? talk about
1: Huntington's Huntington State Park and the beach, but just. As I get older, and this is an older thing, it's like I find myself going to the beach more mm-hmm. just for a walk or just mm-hmm. to check it out. It's, it's peaceful. like, you know, and I started doing that a few years ago. And it's like, why haven't I ever come here? I've lived down here 20 right. some years. It's like, well, I just don't come, yeah. you know.
0: It's therapeutic, too. Yeah. It's like peaceful, it's a good way to clear your mind. And for those of you that are listening, Nate, our producer, goes to the beach every morning and does videos of the sunrises in pictures, which you can find at nbn.com dot com, practically every single day. You are devoted to <laughs> this, and you have a little following. It's Well, it's great. like
1: it's like it's. We talked about routine. Mm-hmm. It's become a part of my routine. It's, it's a a like routine. you know, get up, and there's no one there. Even in, even in the summertime, it's like it seems like people are on vacation. Even the summer travelers, they're not up much before ten o'clock, eleven <laughs> o'clock. Right. So you can go to the beach, and it's pretty peaceful. Now I don't stay at the beach. Uh-huh. I don't, I'm not one to just vegetate on the beach on a towel. I get kind of bored. Right. So it's that morning part of my morning routine to go out there
0: yeah. and do it. Oh, it's so, so beautiful yeah. though. You had a picture on Instagram the other day. And by the way, you can go follow him, Nate DeWitt. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're going to be getting, you're going to get all these leads. Yeah. Like, why did you tell them? <laughs> um, but you had one that was like purple I, I said pretty purple. Yeah, I made a weird no. on Every so one great.
1: is not the same. Now, the last few days, they've all kind of looked the same. It's been that orange tint. Mm-hmm.
0: Kind of wintery. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It
1: looks warm. We've had a couple of days recently. It hasn't been very warm, although we've had a really nice um, winter so far here. It's been very mild, mild and yeah, good for golf. But yeah, there's never one that's quite the same, but um, and there's sometimes you get ones with different colors, and mm-hmm. it's cool.
0: So, so beautiful. Yeah. Every day is like a new canvas, isn't it? That's right, <laughs> start again. Start again. Yeah. So cool, this has been fun. Yeah, this has been fun. I like these questions, and for those of you listening, keep sending us questions. Um, we'll do this again and answer your questions, and also on MyrtleBeachGolfTrips.com, I'm doing a Q&A twice a month, so I do uh, take the time to answer your questions, um anything golf related or Myrtle Beach related, um, you know, just send us a question. You can comment at Myrtle Beach com, M B N dot com. Send us an email, go on our socials, um, ask a question, and we will definitely get it answered in one of our podcasts or in our monthly Q and A or bi weekly Q and A. Cool. Yeah. All thanks. Right.
1: This is a little bit more involved in a podcast than I like to be, but <laughs> <clears throat> you need someone
0: to read the questions, right? I'm just uh, reeling you in on yeah, these exactly. things. So. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Gimme Golf Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you or you listening to us on our next episode. Thanks, guys.